0: This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. You know, I, I love Good Friday, because Good Friday is not a day of mourning, it's a day of celebration. You know, we could have a pity party uh, because... Um, it, you know, Jesus didn't come back to life until the Sunday. Sorry to spoil the rest of the story. But actually, no, Friday is a celebration. Good Friday is a celebration of what Jesus has done for us. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen those TV programs, the day the world dot, dot, dot. You know, the day the world shook. The day... The day the world nearly exploded. The day the world was nearly overrun by chickens. I, you know, they have these programs on multiple channels, one, two, three, four, and beyond. And there's these programs, and they're like almost scaremongering programs that are trying to say, you know, th- th- nearly, nearly happened, the world nearly ended this day, or the, this is what happened on this day, or, and all the details of what happened. Well, I think if they did a program on Good Friday... And on the Easter weekend, I think it would be the day the world was overwhelmed by love. The day the world was overwhelmed by love. And that is a great program. I would love to watch that program. <laughs> you know, the day that the world was overwhelmed by love. Because that is a, is a day to remember. And we stand here, we're here on, on Good Friday to celebrate what God has done for us, the victory that Jesus achieved on the cross. And that was the day that the world was overwhelmed by love. But what happened in the lead up to that day? What happened in the lead up to that moment in history to that very first Good Friday, that on that very first Easter weekend? Well, Jesus had been on earth for 33 years. He'd he'd then spent the last three years um, going around, traveling with people that were following him, doing ministry, doing the things that God had wanted him to do on earth building up to this point this weekend. He'd been going around healing people, going around teaching and talking to people, helping them understand about God and the bigger picture in his kingdom. But it was building to this one point. It was building to this point where Jesus would go to his death, where Jesus would go to the cross. And that moment in history you know, just a few days before, less than a week, as we talked about this Sunday just gone, it was Palm Sunday. The Sunday where Jesus comes in, the day where Jesus comes into Jerusalem, the place that he knows he's going to die, and the people are celebrating. But less than a week later, they're the ones cheering for him to die. They're not cheering him coming in, but they're saying, no, crucify him. That's what you should do with him. And how interesting how people just flip all of a sudden. And after that moment where they're shouting, crucify him, crucify him, and, and Jesus is up there on trial, then we get this in the account in Mark's account of what happened on that first Easter. It's going to be on the screen. It says in Mark 15, verse 22, They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the school. Then they offered him wine mixed with vinegar and myrrh, but he did not take it. And they were crucified. And they were, sorry, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down from the cross that, he may see, that we may see and believe um, what he is saying. Those who crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Look, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Surely this man was the Son of God. You know, every time I read that, I have one thing, and I am overwhelmed by the love that Jesus showed me on the cross. I'm overwhelmed by the love that Jesus showed us on the cross because he went through it for us. He went to the cross for us so that we could be set free from the things that were holding us back. I am overwhelmed by love when I hear that story. Love that puts everything in perspective. For me, the Easter story puts everything in perspective. The way I live my life, how I spend my time, my money, what, everything that I do in life, this puts it in perspective because of what Jesus did for me and how he intended me to live and how he intends us to live and what he has set us free to live as, the people that he created us to be. And that moment changed everything. That moment in history changed everything because God's love was displayed. God's love was shown on that day, and it was overwhelming. It is overwhelming. You know, I looked in the dictionary at what the word overwhelming is defined as, or overwhelmed. It means covered, flooded, a huge mass. Covered, flooded, a huge mass. Two thousand years ago, on that first Easter, Jesus poured out, Greatest act of love that has ever been seen, and it flooded the entire earth. You know, when I read the story of what Jesus did for us, what he did for each and every single individual in this room and in the world, it floods me with love. I am overflowing and and not drowning, but I am just flooded with love. I am overwhelmed by the love of God because love was exploded. On that day, it just exploded, it flooded the earth. It just f- flew out everywhere because of what Jesus did on the cross. You know, and that moment, it actually shook the earth. There was an earthquake, the ground shook because love was shown, and even the earth itself was overwhelmed by the love of God. And then that one man, the centurion, standing there, he was overwhelmed by the love of God. And he is just one story. He is just one person. He's like the first person who it hits. And then it's not stopped hitting people ever since. He was the first person that was like overwhelmed by what had just happened literally in front of him on the cross. And then it just begins to overwhelm so many other people. You know, the the overwhelming love of what Jesus did on the cross was because there was something bigger going on. Jesus did what he did because there was something bigger going on. A time period that began near the beginning of time. You know, since Adam and Eve did, did that thing in the garden where they ate the apple, they listened to the serpent, ever since then, unfortunately, we've not been perfect. We've been messing up. We've been getting it wrong from time to time. And the Bible defines that as sin, when we mess up, when we make mistakes. And what Jesus did on the cross was because of that. That he came to set us free from the things that were holding us back. From our mistakes, our mess-ups, the things that we said wrong, the things that we've maybe got wrong in life. Because those things disconnect us from God. Those Those things make a disconnection. You see, God is constantly wanting to connect with us. God is constantly wanting to connect with us, his creation his craftsmanship, his best work. God is just constantly reaching out for us. Like that famous picture in the Sistine Chapel. God is just reaching out for us. He's stretching out for us. And we've got an opportunity to reconnect with him because of what Jesus did on the cross, on that Good Friday 2,000 years ago. The love that overwhelmed the earth was the love that Jesus showed on the cross so that we could reconnect with God. Because God is reaching out for us because of how much he loves us. God is reaching out for us because he loves his creation. And Jesus made that greatest sacrifice so that we could push back the things that had hindered us. He could remove the things that hindered us. The things that were ho- that are holding us back. You know, Jesus made an exchange between the rubbish and the things that we'd built up in our own lives. The mess-ups, the mistakes... And he said, no, here's some freedom, and here's more freedom, and here's more freedom, and I'll take this, I'll take this junk, I'll take these mistakes, and you can have freedom to live in everything that I have created you to live in, everything that you have been designed for, everything you've been created to be and to do, but we didn't deserve it, We, we didn't deserve it because we've got it wrong sometimes. You know, we, we end up making these mistakes and we say things and, you know, I, I, how many times do I, tell, do I tell myself, like, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> or maybe you, sh- you shouldn't do that. But then we realize the power of God's love because he displayed it as grace. And grace is receiving what we did not deserve. You see, we got it wrong, but then, G- then God says, no, I'm going to show you grace and I'm going to give you what you haven't earned, what you didn't deserve but I love you too much not to give you it. I love you too much not to give you it. And you see, grace, we, we get what we do not deserve, and our sin hinders us, but grace propels us into what God has created us for and who God has created us to be. And I am overwhelmed by that because when I hear the story of what Jesus did on the cross, when I read it in this account, when I... When when I just think about it, I'm overwhelmed by love, not just out of pure emotion, but out of the fact of what that all meant in the bigger picture. The fact of the grace that God showed, the fact that he he wants me to be set free from everything that hinders me. He wants us to be set free from everything that hinders us, everything that holds us back. That is why I'm overwhelmed by love. That is why we can be overwhelmed by love when we hear the Easter story because Jesus was doing something greater than just a moment in history he was saying no to everything that had gone behind so that we could be set free into everything that he has created us for and you see this love was not a surprise this love was overwhelming but it was expected it was expected recently uh, a few a couple of my friends got married to each other and In the build-up to their wedding, um, I was was sitting down with them, I was helping them plan through the day and different things, and just helping them with a few bits, just supporting them. And, you know, it was building up to that one day, but their love was not just going to happen on that day. They were not going to start loving each other on their wedding day. The love was already there. That's why they were getting married. Surprise, surprise. And the love was already there. But on that day... There was a celebration and overwhelming moment of love. And as my friend, as he stood waiting for his bride to come down the aisle, he was very overwhelmed as he began to stream with tears as his wife came down the aisle. Do you know why? Because he was overwhelmed with the love that had been building up. And you see, God didn't just decide on Good Friday, ah, now I love them. No, God loved us the whole time, and then on that day He displayed it, He showed it, and He overwhelmed us with His love. He overwhelmed us with His love in on that day, on that weekend, two thousand years ago. And you see, God didn't just think one day, "Oh, yeah, I should probably do something about this to reconnect with them." No, He had it planned. He had it planned. You see, the prophet Isaiah, who lived 700 years before Jesus, spoke and prophesied directly about how Jesus was going to die. You know, he says in Isaiah 52 and 53, if you get a chance this weekend or this week coming up, have a read of Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53 because you just see all this stuff that mirrors what actually happened to Jesus 700 years later. Isaiah did not have lucky guesses. God has spoken to him. You know, he says things like this in, in Isaiah 53. But the fact is, it is our pains that carried. he carried. Our disfigurements, all the things that were wrong with us, Jesus carried on the cross. It's our sins that did it to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through, the bru- through his bruises, we can be healed. We can be set free. And Isaiah talks about a bunch of different things, and I would encourage you to read that. But there's just a few examples of how Isaiah was, was saying, actually, this is what's going to happen to Jesus. This is what is going to happen so that we can fully reconnect with God. You see, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus did not have an emergency meeting when Adam and Eve kind of messed up. I don't think they had an emergency meeting. They sat down and oh no, what have they done? I can't believe it. Completely unexpected. I don't think they had an emergency meeting and looked at each other and what do we do? What do we do? Mm-hmm. What do we do? Right, and then they drew straws to see who went down to earth to, to sort it out. I don't think they did that. No, I believe that God had planned and uh, had a plan to help us reconnect. Because he gave us free will. And maybe he thought, well, actually, they, they might get it wrong at some point. But I want to make sure that I'm fully connected to them. I want to make sure that we stay connected, that I'm connected to the people that I have created, my greatest creation, my craftsmanship. And I love that picture because actually God did not just think one day I will show them my love. I will just, oh, I better sort this out quickly, you know, some sort of emergency planning. But actually God had planned to reconnect with us. It, his love was intentional, not accidental, his love was intentional, not accidental. It had depth and weight. The love that he showed us throughout time, but on that day, there was a massive amount of it. And that is why we are over why we can be overwhelmed by his love. Because God just poured it out. He said, I love you so much that I'm gonna do this for you. That I'm gonna let my son die on the cross so that we can reconnect. So, you know, he's saying to us, come on, reconnect with me. Reconnect, mate. Take this opportunity to reconnect, to leave behind the past and live in everything that I've got for you. Because God wanted wanted us to experience his love. His love was intentional and he had us in mind when he was displaying it on the cross. And it opened up that access so that we could connect with him. It opened a way, you see, before that point... Before that point, uh, the the fact that we could connect with God, it had to be 2,000 years ago that he had to go to the temple. He had to go to this place where a priest would then pray for you and so on and so forth, and they would be the one that connected with God's presence. But on that day, God's presence, the curtain was torn in the temple, and that meant God's presence was open to everyone. It was meant that we could access God, that we could connect with God from that moment. That we could have a relationship with him uh, and live in his presence, connect with who he is. You know, the God who created us, that's the God I want to connect with. That's the God I want to have a personal relationship with because he knows best for me because he has created me. And Jesus, by dying on the cross and by showing the greatest love ever shown, opens up access for for us to connect with him because God's love is intentional it carries weight and depth but what happened on that day doesn't just deal with the past it affects the entire future of the whole universe you see on that day the world was changed forever and the world is continuing to be changed because it is the love that is changing the world the love that overwhelms us is the love that is changing the world and you see, that day, the, the, the earth shook physically. I mentioned that already, that the earth shook physically. The earth itself was overwhelmed by love. The centurion was overwhelmed by love. And he was just the first of many. He was just the first of millions upon millions of people that encountered God's love. You know, within 50 days of Jesus dying on the cross and rising again, 3,000 men plus women and children had come to experience God's love and begin to follow him fully under what Jesus had done within a year 10,000 people had been impacted by the love of God within 10 years the love that Jesus showed on the cross had reached a, a large percentage of the Middle East within 20 years it had reached a huge percentage of what we now know as modern day Europe because this love is contagious this love is overwhelming And this love, it didn't just change the world at a moment. It's continuing to change the world. And people are being overwhelmed by God's love and connecting with what God has done for them. And they're saying, yeah, I want to be part of that. I want to connect with that. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never um, fully connected with what God has done for you. You've never made that decision to follow him. Well, this morning, allow yourself to be overwhelmed by what God has done for you. Allow yourself to experience the love of God. You see, when Jesus died, the world was overwhelmed with his love. The world was flooded, but it didn't necessarily mean that everyone knew about it. That's why his followers, his disciples, had to go out and share it. Had to go out and share his love wherever they went. Spreading the good news of what Jesus had done for everybody. You see, it says in Acts 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, Jesus was was saying that just before he went to heaven. And that is not just for the, the group of people that were gathered, but for all of us today. That this love that we experience, we are designed to carry it wherever we go. That actually we've, we've got an opportunity and a responsibility to carry the love of God wherever we go. Whatever environment we are in, we can bring the love that overwhelmed us to other people. In our workplace, in our family, on our street, with our friends. That actually we have the opportunity to carry that love. That love that carries power. That, that carries power to change our lives and the people's lives around us. You see... Being overwhelmed by what God has done for us at Easter is not to be kept a secret. It's not for us to keep as a secret for ourselves. But we have an opportunity to take God's love to wherever we go. To carry it wherever we go. Knowing that it carries power to continue to change our lives but change other people's lives. You see, it's the love that is changing the world. But we know it can change other people's. I love what it says in one Corinthians thirteen about a description of God's love. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonour others, it is not self seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You see, that is the love that we carry with us when we choose to carry the love of God to wherever we go, wherever we are. And that love doesn't just overwhelm us, but that love can overcome. You see, God's love isn't just to overwhelm us, but it can overcome whatever is holding us back, whatever is um, stopping us from living in everything that God has got for us. And we can bring that love to other people. We can bring that love so that actually then... God's love can overcome in their lives. God's love can impact their lives. You know, this Easter weekend doesn't just um, affect us as individuals, but it can affect our nation. You know, I saw some absolutely horrific stats this week about addiction, about gambling and, uh, and, and class A drugs and about pornography. That actually people are getting stuck in this people are trapped by these things and and maybe we have in the past, I don't know what situations are in this room right now, but you may feel like you are trapped by something. But actually God's love wants to overcome that for you. God's love wants to overcome in that situation. God's love wants to change the situation so that you can be set free to live in everything that he has got for you. Everything that he has got for you. And maybe that's you today. And today I just want you to to think and just say to God in your heart you know God just break that thing because God's love today has the power to break the thing that is holding you back. God's love has the power to break the thing that is stopping you from living in everything that he's got for you. God's love can do that because God's love overcame death even death on a cross He he overcame love. Sorry to spoil the story again, but in three days later, Jesus rises from the dead. Yeah, go for it, Pete. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's pretty awesome. That actually the love was displayed on the cross then overcomes death. So whatever is holding us back in life, that love raised Jesus from the dead. So it can definitely break those things out of our lives. It can definitely stop the things that are holding us back in life. You see, God's love is persevering and fighting for us. You know, in, in that 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that God's love is persevering. God's love perseveres. God, God's love is fighting for us. God is always on our side when we are choosing to focus on Him. And say, actually, I want to I break away from that stuff because God's love wants to persevere to break that stuff in our lives. God's love has the power to overcome whatever we are facing. You know, the love that was displayed on that first Good Friday was the greatest love the world has ever known. Jesus dying on a cross. I'm overwhelmed by it. Maybe you are. Overwhelmed by what God has done for us. What Jesus did for us on the cross. Because it changes our life, it changes the world. And it is continuing to change the world. You know, but it can't just stop with just us. The love that overwhelms us is the love that we have the opportunity to carry. That love empowers us and propels us to take that love wherever we go. To impart it to the people that we meet. To see things broken. To see that love overcome, to see that love overwhelm people in their situations and to see that love empower other people. Jesus didn't die just for a moment in history. He died so that we could continue to carry and share that love wherever we go. So that more people who hear about what he's done on the cross can turn and face to actually say, I want to be part of that. Because of what Jesus has done for me, I'm going to follow Jesus because of the greatest sacrifice the world has ever known. The love that was shown on that day is calling us, uh, sorry, God is calling us to share it with others. The love that was shown on that day, the love that overwhelmed the world on that day, God is calling us to share it and show it wherever we go. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.